This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. My producer, Chris Bullig, I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I've been here for the last 18 years, 28 years on radio in Kansas City. In my 38th year now, I work as a sports psychologist, and our show is around the country in numerous cities. And we're growing and take on a few more cities here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited to see the show grow because our show is sort of unique because we talk about the psychological side of sports on this show. And I try to give comments and feedback and advice to people as we delve into different topics every week. I love doing this show because we talk about you. We talk about your kids. We talk about coaching. We talk about parenting. We talk about success, failure, winning, losing, confidence, preparation, focus, attitude, stress, anxiety, all these types of things. How do you become successful? How do you fail? How do you learn to deal with failure? I've had the privilege in, in my career to work with people all over the country at all levels. And one of the things that has always struck me in my work is the excitement people have when they can accomplish their goals and get better and overcome obstacles. One of the things that interests me, especially, is working with younger athletes and seeing them succeed. Throughout my career, I've worked, as I said, with all levels of, of sports, all types of sports, male and female, kids, teenagers, adults, professional, Olympic collegiate, high school, doesn't matter. And one of the things that I've noticed in the past few years is that we're getting more and more concerned about kids becoming specialized in certain sports at younger and younger ages. And it's becoming an issue. And a lot of kids are burning out. The uh, Diagnostic Manual on Mental Disorders has officially now turned burnout as an official diagnosis and it happens with younger and younger kids a lot i want to read a couple things to you that i read this past week the first one is about alex morgan the world cup in soccer for women is coming up this month and there was a story in time magazine about alex morgan and it says in here she began playing elite travel soccer at age 14 Years after many of her contemporaries, she credits playing a range of sports with preventing her from burning out. When I went to soccer practice, I was really excited because I hadn't been there in four days, says Morgan. She worries that today's youth system is also pricing out potential soccer stars and is counterproductive to America's future competitiveness. She said she'd like to play a lot of different things before she got into soccer seriously. The other is about someone you may have heard of. 
starts off his mom was a coach. This is in Sports Illustrated, but she never coached him. He'd kick a ball around her when he learned how to walk. As a boy, he played squash with his father on Sundays. He dabbled in skiing, wrestling, swimming, and skateboarding. He played basketball, handball, tennis, table tennis, and soccer at school. I was always very much more interested if a ball was involved, he'd say. Though his mother taught tennis, she decided against working with him. He would have just upset me, she said. He tried out every strange stroke and certainly never returned a ball normally. That is simply no fun for a mother. Rather than pushy, a Sports Illustrated writer would observe that his parents were pulley. Nearing his teens, the boy began to gravitate more and more towards tennis. And if they nudged him at all, it was to stop taking tennis so seriously. As a teenager, he became good enough to warn an interview with the local newspaper. His mother was appalled to read that. When asked what he would buy with a hypothetical first paycheck from tennis if he ever got one, her son answered, a Mercedes. She was relieved when the reporter let her listen to the recording of the interview. There had been a mistake. The boy said, Mercedes. In Swiss German, he simply wanted more CDs, not a Mercedes. The boy was competitive, no doubt, but when his tennis instructors decided to move him up to a group with older players, he asked to move back so he could stay with his friends. After all, part of the fun was hanging around his lessons. That's Roger Federer. So here you have maybe the greatest tennis player of all time and currently the best American female soccer player, both emphasizing that they didn't get into their sport really more heavily until they're 14 or 15. There's a study out recently in the Journal of Sports Sciences that said young male athletes who participated in multiple sports were found to be more physically fit, have better gross motor coordination, more explosive strength, and better speed and agility than those who specialized in a single sport. The reason multi-sport athletes over time become better athletes in their ultimate choice of sport, according to the lead author... Uh, job Franzen is that boys participating in more than one sport are exposed to a greater number of physical, cognitive, effective, and psychosocial environments than boys participating in one sport only. Multi-sport athletes possess a broad range of physical, personal, and mental skills that help them to become more successful when they start specializing in a single sport later. Most college sports coaches understand this. They prefer recruiting Multi-sport athletes, because they have an upside, are better all-around athletes, are not done developing, and are less likely to be burned out. There's that, that word again, burnout. So I'd like to get a discussion going today. If you're a parent, if you're a coach, when do you think you should start having your son or daughter or your child specialize in one sport? When do you feel that should happen? If you're a coach, do you encourage your athletes to play multiple sports? And if you've played sports, when did you start just playing one sport and give up the others? As a co-author of the book, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports that I wrote with Jeff Montgomery, Royals Hall of Famer, and Pete Malone, Olympic Swim Coach Hall of Famer with USA Swimming, coached five gold medals in the Olympics. Jeff Montgomery is the Royals' all-time leading closer and probably will be for a long, long time, if not forever. We all agreed in our book that kids about age 13, 14, that's the time when if you really want to be good at something, to start specializing. 
Prior to that, this business of starting at six and seven to me is absurd. Okay? Kids need to have the opportunity to play multiple sports. And years ago, when I was University of Kansas sports psychologist, their first sports psychologist back in the early 80s, had the privilege of spending a year working with Larry Brown. And Larry Brown told me something I've shared on this show many times. He said he thought kids should play a team sport and an individual sport growing up. He said a team sport's going to teach them about sharing, about working together, about being unselfish. Individual sports are going to teach them about building self-confidence, becoming more internally focused, and learn how to deal with success and failure on their own. One of the best pieces of advice I ever heard working with people throughout my career. So I want to open up our phone lines. I'd like to get some calls in here. I want to discuss with you what you think. If you're a parent, when do you think you should start having your child specialize in one sport? If you're a coach, do you encourage kids to play multiple sports? What age should specialization start? Or do you even think it should? Should we just let kids play? You know, one of the things that concerns me today is the whole idea of play is gone from youth sports. Everything's practices and organized tournaments and games. Kids don't get to play anymore. I'd like to hear from if you're a coach, if you're a parent, or you've played sports. When should kids start to specialize or should they? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week talking about sports psychology. And today's show is about this issue, the issue of sports specialization. And I started our show off by talking about a couple of athletes, Alex Morgan and Roger Federer, who happen to be pretty good at what they do, who didn't specialize until really about age 14. So I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent what age do you feel is a good age for your son or daughter to start specializing in one sport, or do you think they even should? And if you're an athlete and you've played sports or playing sports now, when did you start to just focus in on one? There's more and more pressure today for kids to start specializing at younger and younger ages. I read some information as we started the show off, and here's a, here's a quote from Fred Bowen, who writes a column for U Sports for the Washington Post, he believes passionate parents and coaches aren't always the most knowledgeable and rational when it comes to youth sports. I think you can see overbearing adults in all youth sports issues today. If we take specialization playing only one sport at a young age, I had the privilege of interviewing Cal Ripken one time, and I asked him when was the first time he played baseball year-round. This is Cal Ripken. When I signed a professional contract at age 18. Point out that Ripken was an all-state soccer player in high school. He was a big man for a shortstop, but he could really move his feet. Colin Kaepernick, who's got his own issues, was not only a standout football player in high school, but also an excellent basketball player. You know, D. Gordon, all-star second baseman, batting title champion, stolen base champion. I got to see him 
in high school, his favorite sport was basketball. And now he, he is an all-star as a second baseman. His father, Tom Gordon, who I spent many, many years working with, came down to Florida to watch him play a basketball game. He goes, Doc, basketball is his sport. Well, now he's a all-star baseball player. So what age should your kids specialize or do you even think they should? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent. What do you think about that? Let's see what Steve has to say. Steve, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for calling in. I am just trying to touch base as far as I don't believe kids should specialize at all. I'm a superintendent of school, and I've been a former coach in college and high school, and what's happening now is all these club AAU programs are convincing these kids that they're going to get recruited because they're in these sports. And the reality is if they just become an athlete and play two or three high school sports, um, they're going to get recruited because they're going to get seen. Good athletes get recruited because they're good athletes, not because they only play volleyball or basketball. Well, and one of the things, let me ask you, I've noticed also physical injuries are becoming more prominent at younger and younger ages for athletes who specialize because they overuse themselves and they will wear themselves out. Are you starting to see that as well? You know, in certain sport programs, you know, in baseball, there's obviously a lot more arm and shoulder injuries. Um, you're seeing more knee injuries in female athletes um, than probably even in uh, young male athletes. That that would be part of it. But also, they're just spending so much time doing these other things instead of being kids and, and enjoying the game. And then by the time they're ready for college, some of them are already burned out and don't even want to play anymore. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show, burnout is now an official diagnosis in the uh, Diagnostic Manual for Mental Disorders. That, that had just this past week came out, burnout's now an official diagnosis. And it, I've talked about it for years. And I've had coaches who've told me, Doc, you're full of it. There's no such thing as burnout. What do you think about that? All you got to do is look at the number of little league wrestlers versus the number of high school wrestlers. It's right there in, in the evidence on how many kids are doing it. And then when they get to high school, they're not. So inside one sport, you can see it's very evident. Well, you're superintendent of a school district? Would you mind sharing? Because I'll tell you what, that's a school district. My, if I had younger kids, I wanted to go to because you get it. Well, it's a metro school. I, I'm not. It doesn't matter. I'm out in Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Okay. It's, well, listen. There's, you there's obviously you obviously there. get it, Steve. You obviously get it, and I, they're lucky to have you there. So thank you for calling in, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck. Have a good day. All right. Let's go next to Craig. Craig. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great. Get your thoughts. Um, I think. Excuse me. I think kids should definitely play multiple sports. I mean, some of the best athletes in the world have have been two sport athletes and been all state in both sports. And they always say how much one sport helps the other sport. I mean, people forget LeBron James was an All American athlete in football, or uh, Randy Moss was a three three sport athlete in football, basketball, and baseball. So, I mean. The proof is right there that tells you there there's there's good that can come from playing multiple sports. You know, you hear you hear this statement, Craig, a lot. I'd love for my son to be the next Tiger Woods. I've heard that for years. Well, look at all the problems Tiger Woods has had. And I think the fact that, you know, let's face it, he he's probably the greatest golfer of all time. He and Jack Nicholas, in my opinion, are the two best. But he's had all these issues and his body's also wearing out because He's over overused himself. And I think yeah. it's better, like you just said. So 
Do you think kids should specialize at all? In one sport? Yes, sir. I no because you because that kid might he might not know what he likes. You know, he might go to one sport and be okay and go to another sport and be great. So, I don't think you should ever limit yourself to one one single sport or Look, one single anything. Art, do you think kids are losing the idea of play and having fun because everything's so structured and organized now? Yeah, I think so. It's so some sport. A lot of coaches are being so demanding with winning and being great that it, it does take a lot of a lot of fun out of uh, out of the sport. That's why you know. To me, I think it's ridiculous that we've got these traveling teams. It's eight, I, I'm hearing of traveling teams at seven and eight years of age. Which to me is absurd to have teams traveling around at that age playing there and, and getting to the point where you've got four or five practices a week. I just think it's wrong. And I think you're going to most, most of those kids, if not all of them, will probably quit the sport by the time they're 10. What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, I was, I was listening to the comment about the burnout and that, <clears throat> that happened to me, but it didn't happen to me till I got to college. And it, I, I was burned out, I wasn't having fun. I ended up being ineligible in college, and after I got my grades up, I wasn't burned out, and I was having more fun again. So, it took something drastic for for for, for me for something to happen to me for me to to love playing football again because I was getting burned out, and it was stressful, and it wasn't it wasn't as fun anymore. But so, it, I definitely agree with you on that point. It, it you can't get burned out on something if you do it. A lot, and the, and the coaches are really hard on you. Did you play past college, or was college the, the, the end of your career? College was, was the end of my career. Okay. Well, Craig, thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, take care. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Here's our topic. Youth sports specialization. What age do you think kids should specialize, or do you even think they should? I don't think kids need to specialize in something until they're 13, 14, 15, if even then. I think having balance is a big thing. I'm going to talk about that in the second part of our show, the importance of balance in your life. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're a parent, you're an athlete. What's your thought about specialization? Should you do it? And what age should you do it? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? 
I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour on flagship station Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. We talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Our show is very unique. It's really the only type of show in the country like this where we get into sports psychology and mindsets and attitudes. And I've been in practice for 38 years as a sports psychologist working with athletes at all levels and if you listen to the show, you know one of my passions is the world of youth sports and dealing with kids and coaches and parents and making it fun. Today's topic is this, sports specialization. It's become something that's been talked about quite a bit lately. I've talked about it for years on this show. Should we specialize kids in a certain sport? What age should we do it? And should you as a parent demand your child specialize in something? 
want to hear if you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, get your thoughts on this. We're going to go first to Jeremiah, then to Dennis. Jeremiah, good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for calling in. Get your thoughts. Sweet. So I was thinking kind of a caveat to um, playing more than one sport is whenever I think of the biggest sport in the world, I usually think of soccer, you know, because it's, it's most worldwide. It's usually easiest to play, easiest to access because all you really need is a ball. But um, I'm looking at the MLS and I'm comparing it to all the other leagues and stuff, or even international play. Um, the United States usually isn't very good on as far as um, the grand scheme of things, as far as the whole world and everything. But I'm thinking that I think we're not as good as because we don't specialize in soccer specifically. Like usually our soccer kids are usually multi-sport athletes and stuff, and I don't really know what other sport helps soccer necessarily. But I think that if you're, I just think it depends on what sport the kid is playing. Like, if it's football, obviously baseball is going to help. Look at Pat Mahomes; he's a, he's a stud. He's a three stud athlete. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it just really depends on what sport you're playing, and if it these like you'll gain from another sport. So you're like you're it. saying that you think the United States is not as good in soccer because kids don't specialize in soccer, right? Because like if it even third world countries like that's all literally kids do is usually play one sport and they stick to it for their whole life and that's like how they get so good at it well you know you're bringing up a point that would be worth some research because uh you know as i'm thinking about it you may have you may have you know a good point there in terms of what's going on but at the same time i think if we look at kids today you know to me youth sports should be about having fun do you agree with me on that yeah okay and you're seeing parents getting their kids to just play one sport. I'm, I'm seeing at age seven and eight, I know of parents It's like, no, we're just playing baseball. We're just going to swim. We're just going to play volleyball. That's it. And yeah. what I'm seeing is by these kids, the time these kids are 11, 12, 13, they're done. And I, I, I completely agree that you, that you said that. I think it should be the child's choice if on if he wants to specialize or not. If the parent wants to like encourage and like if you really want to get really good and start specializing now, then I think that would be good to encourage the, the child. But yeah, no, I definitely agree. We should you should probably have um, play more than one sport. But I just thought of a caveat. For well, that's a good that's a good point, example. Jeremiah. I hadn't thought about that, but you, but you're bringing up a, you know something to look into. Listen, sir, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day. Let's see what Dennis has to say. Dennis, good morning. How are you? Hey, uh, Andy, that's a great subject you got there it's pretty uh complicated uh i think this burnout thing is like almost the first step to chronic fatigue um, which i guess it could develop into uh, which would be a, a really serious issue but uh i think when we push our kids into too many of these things at once i mean they're in debate they're in band they're in sports and we try to specialize them uh, it's just crazy uh they're better if they go out and play, uh, have some diversity in, in their activities. Um, it just it doesn't make sense. And, you know, the bones, the joints, ligaments, tendons, and the actual joints don't completely develop until uh, kids around 18, 20 years old. And then the brain, I guess, even later, isn't fully developed. Well, I'm 64 and my brain's still developing, so I, you know, Dennis, it's... <laughs> No, well, but probably. but you're bringing listen, you're, so you're bringing up a good point, and and one of the issues is this. Um, I, I I think it's important to give kids the opportunity to do several things. I mentioned the word balance before as we went to our break at the bottom of the hour, and 
to me, balance doesn't mean everything's equal. It means people have an opportunity to do what they want to do when they want to do it. So today, maybe I want to play tennis. To tomorrow, I want to play soccer. The next day, I want to play the piano. I think kids should have the opportunity to do several things, not just sports, but the arts as well. And being being soccer, balanced, man. being balanced, and also I mentioned you know what Larry Brown told me years ago: play an individual sport and a team sport. Okay. And so playing both and having that opportunity to do both, what do you think about that? Well, I think you're right. Uh, and I, you know, there's no question about that. The team sport, individual sports, really develop character in a different way. Because we all need to cooperate with others in life, but we also need to realize that the game is in our mind and in our body. And if we don't do our part, then it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen like what we want. Um, I, you know, I, I think that uh, I've been around youth sports. I've been an athlete myself for many, many years. I'm 70 years old now, and I'm still competing, and I love it. Uh, but one thing I've noticed, which you probably know a lot about this because of your involvement with soccer, but it seems to me like we get a lot of really elite athletes who have a soccer background, like Akeem Elijah one. Uh, and, and several more that have played soccer in their youth, and their coordination of their body, their hand-eye coordination, foot coordination is just remarkable. Well, soccer is one of those sports that teaches you so many different things physically because you've got to be balanced. You've got to have the, the hand-eye coordination, the foot coordination. You've got to have a real good coordination with, with yourself, and that will help you with other sports as well. You know, something like baseball, you're, you're really just focusing on hitting or fielding. Whereas soccer, you're using your whole body. I mean, football catching or blocking. I mean, soccer, you're utilizing your whole body in a lot of different ways. So it, it can be better from that perspective. But, you know, I, I think here's the, the key thing. I, I, to me, it's this whole issue, Dennis, about having fun. And what I'm seeing with a lot of kids is, is this specialization movement is getting to the point now where parents are thinking they have to have their kids just focus on one thing at age seven, eight, nine to get a scholarship or whatever, and most of the time they're going to end up spending more money on the sports that would have cost them to spend for, for uh, a college, you know, college tuition and with all the things that we're doing now. And I think the whole idea of having fun is going out the window and training and winning becomes more important. Listen, sir, thanks for your call. I appreciate your, your call. Thank you, Dr. Jacobs. Take care. All right, that frees up our lines here. I'd like to hear from you. I'm talking about sports specialization today. If you were an athlete or are an athlete who specialized in one sport, I'd like to hear from you. Get your thoughts about why you did it. Do you think it was right? Do you think it was wrong? Did it help you? Did it benefit you? Or did maybe it hurt you? If you are a coach, do you think kids should specialize in one sport? And what age do you think they should? I've shared many stories this morning. Cal Ripken, Roger Federer, Alex Morgan all kinds of people who've played several sports ended up being really good at one. Roger Federer and Alex Morgan both around age 14 was when they started to just play tennis and soccer respectively. Roger Federer, arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. Alex Morgan, right now the top U.S. women's soccer player. So if you're a parent, what are your thoughts on this? Do you want your child just to do one sport? You know, like I said earlier, burnout is now an official diagnosis in the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Disorders. just came out this past week. I've talked about it for years and years. I've had coaches tell me, Doc, you're full of it. There's no such thing as burnout. You can never overtrain. 
Some coaches I respect immensely have told me that. We've just disagreed on that. I said, no, no, I, I really believe kids can get burned out. You push them too hard, push them too, too intensely in one thing. This whole balance thing is important. And that's where I think being on a team sport and individual sport when you're younger, before age, like I said, age 13, 14, around eighth grade, that's the time, I think, when you want to start to get into one thing, great. But I'd still do two things. I'd still have something else going on on the side. And maybe not just sports. Maybe it's debate. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's an instrument. It's singing, dancing, whatever. I think having that balance is really important. It's really important to give you a good perspective and get you to understand things. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic is sports specialization today, and I'd like to hear from you. If you're a parent, you're a coach, you're an athlete, give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, Just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF 
plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we talk about sports psychology on this show, the mental side of sports. Today's topic is the whole issue of youth sports specialization. It's something that's become a bigger and bigger issue. I've talked about it forever on this show for years, and people are now starting to realize some of the detrimental aspects of having kids just play one sport in an early age. I've mentioned several times today that burnout is now an official diagnosis, and it's it's an issue. It's an issue with sports. Kids are getting burned out by the time they're 10 or 11. I had a few years ago a 9-year-old boy in who didn't want to play baseball anymore because he'd played 100 games by mid-June, which to me was ridiculous. He didn't want to play anymore, and his mom was like, why not? Well, you've worn him out. He wants to just go swimming and fishing. He didn't want to play baseball anymore. He's nine. And let's go first to Lee, then to Mark. Lee, how are you today? Go ahead, Lee. You're on the air. Yes, I was calling about the uh, burnout. I've watched, um, been involved in a lot of youth sports, raised two kids to adulthood through sports and into college. And actually, we're lucky enough, unfortunate enough to play, um, to uh, wrestle in college. And, and I've watched a lot of kids who specialize in sports, especially um, wrestling, burnout i mean they're wrestling 70 80 matches in a year which is unbelievable to me um my children we uh, did multiple sports and it seemed like by switching and limiting the time that they were doing one activity that that the burnout was not the problem let me let me ask you something lee because you bring up wrestling and i've worked with gosh hundreds of wrestlers throughout my career and a couple years ago i had a young man in who was 13 and in the first week of December, he was going out to Las Vegas to wrestle in a tournament, a week-long tournament the first week in December. And I'm like, what about school? I mean, school's going on. And it was a, right. a, an age, age group tournament for all ages. And the yeah. dad said, Doc, this tournament goes on every year. They don't care about school. Yes, there's, uh, there's lots of national tournaments like that that do go on. And it's during school year that you'll be gone four or five days. We did participate in some of them. But I think as a parent, you just got to kind of watch your kid and know your kid when he's getting to the point where he's not liking to go to practice. And then you know, then you got a problem where you got to back off a little bit. Did you have that issue? Um, at times, yes. With with one of them, I've got two older ones, and I'm started all over. Actually, again, I got a seven and nine year old, so we're we're going through the same process. But yeah, you you see where they're they're getting burned out, and that's when it's time to back off. And a lot of these kids are doing these sports year round. Right, which which is absurd. So, what'd you do when your kid, when one you, of your sons started showing signs of that? What were some yeah. of the signs, and what'd you do? Uh, you just at practice, they they weren't focusing, they didn't want to do it. And like I said, we were highly competitive at the sport. Um, by their choice, more than mine, I wasn't actually a wrestler or anything growing up. It was just sports that they got into and they liked. And we just we take a week off or, or whatever it took to you know. It, it, you got to make it fun. If it's not fun, it's not going to want to ever do it again. Well, hopefully those lessons will help you with the younger ones you've got, Lee. Listen, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, take care. Let's go next to Mark. Mark, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling in. Hey, I just wanted to uh, tell you uh, I helped coach my uh, sons and daughters growing up, and um, I had a daughter that was uh, really excelling in sports. Uh, Sometimes she was 
you know, five years old. She was uh, the starting guard in, on the basketball team, the, the starting shortstop. Uh, as she got older and got into the traveling stuff, she uh, they became where they were the basketball or the softball. They would they would be practicing all year round, and for those kids to try to play on those travel teams who want to practice all year round and then try to play the school sports, it, it becomes too much. And the kids are almost have to make a choice that they just can play one sport. Uh, I know uh, for a fact her high school uh, coaches were upset with her because she was still practicing with her travel teams on the weekends uh, when they maybe had open gyms and, uh, and would want her there. And it wouldn't schedule practice, but they still want her there. And well, that brings up you're bringing up a whole other issue then about you know playing on a club team and a school team at the same time, and then that get that that's a whole different conversation. But I think the key thing is this, Mark. Let me ask you this: Should do you think kids should specialize? And what age, if you if you think that's the case, should that happen? And what would you say if your son or daughter didn't want to? Um, she she chose to specialize in one sport just because. Uh, it became too much to try to play multiple sports with the traveling teams. Uh, uh, the, the basketball coach that she had in high school uh, was always upset because he found out she wasn't. Uh, she was still practicing with her softball teams, uh, and he just thought she should be more focused on her school sports. and And when it comes to college recruiting, a lot of times those college recruits are following those traveling teams. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that on another show. I, I think that becomes the whole issue of traveling teams and school teams. That That's a different thing. But, Mark, thanks for your call this morning. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right, let's go next to Coach Gonzalez. How are you today? Good morning. How are you, Andrew? Great. Thank you for calling in, sir. Hey, uh, there are 28 national youth wrestling tournaments in America, and that's kids feel like they have to specialize and that is wrong in our sport of wrestling 28 national tournaments when are they yeah they're all held during the school year why because they're a profit maker they're a money maker for there you go these organizations yeah i mean it's a winter sport although it is a year you've got freestyle and greco you've got both but but right. but right. but yeah. it, somebody's you just hit it right on the head coach somebody's making money okay exactly i've talked about this exactly. forever youth sports is a business it is a profitable business people yep. make money and they schedule these yep. tournaments i mean like i said when that young man when his dad and he were in a couple years ago and he said well, we got doc we're going to be gone the week after thanksgiving out to las vegas for this national tournament i yep. said and i said filled every year right you're right i said yep. what about school oh he's just going to miss it yeah. How can you schedule You're a tournament, a week-long sure. tournament during school? Well, they don't care. That was what the dad told me. I have an additional topic for you for another show. You know the college portal system now with the last five years of all the transfer of athletes, correct? Yeah, 33% right. of athletes transfer yeah. or, or change schools, in all, both male and female, every year. Exactly. So now we have we don't have a portal for it. But now we have going on here in the Midwest. I don't like this old coach that's been here 40 years. I want to go to the new young coach that is like the latest 
Uh, and so you're seeing a multitude. It has become a problem here in Kansas and I'm sure in other states that transfer policy. Well, that is a whole topic uh, for another show. Let me let me ask you this because we don't have much yeah. time left here. Do you think kids yeah. should specialize? Yes or no? no? Okay, why no, not? I don't want to specialize. I want if a kid comes to me and he's a ninth grader, tenth grader, and says, "I've never wrestled. I'd like to try out." I go, "Wonderful, great. We we want you." Now, if you're a multinational, eight-time middle school champion, okay, you're not going to like me because my practice technique, my schedule technique, the events I go to, we're going to be about team. Uh, it's an individual sport. We're going to be about team, but the uh, accolades you're going to get, our medal is not like the 10-foot trophy you won at the national tournament. So they become a little, you know, distant. And I don't know if there's a big burnout, but I do know we welcome young people that have no experience. And do you think kids should play more than one sport? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, and, and I'll close with this. Last weekend in Kansas, the state track and field meet held in Wichita. Right. Read all the stories about all those athletes. Almost every one of those boys and girls were multi-sport athletes. Some of them were hustling over from baseball or tennis. Here in Manhattan, our third-place tennis in 6A singles player won the state mile uh, three days later. Right. Yeah, I work with a couple of kids that were in that, that uh, meet. And uh, yeah. a, a former classmate of mine, his name is Mark Peck. I grew up with him, coaches, track and field, and he coached some kids that were there and had a great time with them. Coach, thanks for calling yeah, in. I appreciate wonderful. it. All Good right. luck to you. You have a great week. Thanks for calling the show. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hope you've enjoyed our topic today, sports specialization. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Go to the additional programming tab and click it on. You'll find us. You can also find my show on my website, winnersunlimited.com, which has just been redone. You can send me an email at drj at com. Follow me on Twitter at, at drjsportspsych. Or get a hold of me at my office at 816-561-5556. Remember our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes to Use Sports. If you're a parent or a coach, it's going to help you out. Have a great week. Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, 
Warrior basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.